Good to be with you all. And there's heat. Doesn't it feel so good? Praise the Lord for a warm room to worship in, right? Uh, so good to be with you all today. Today is Christ the King Sunday. As you can see, we've changed the color vestments to white for this special day of the church calendar year, which I'll talk more about in my message. Uh, but I want to begin this morning by entering into worship with our first hymn, Rejoice, the Lord is King. Spirit be with you all. 
God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear, even if earthquakes come, and the mountains trouble Be still and know. O oh God, our true life to serve you is freedom, and to know you is unending joy. Abide with us, reign in us, and make this world into a fit habitation for your divine majesty through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now for our first reading of Scripture. The reading is from Jeremiah chapter 22, verses 1 through 6. Don't come back any further, you've got my feet. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel concerning the shepherds who shepherd my people, it is you who have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended to them. So I will attend to you for your evil doings, says the Lord. Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the lands where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will raise up shepherds over them who will shepherd them, and they shall not fear any longer or be dismayed, or shall any be missing, says the Lord. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will live safely. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. The word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Our psalm from the lectionary today comes from Psalm 46, reading it responsibly. God is our refuge and strength. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. The nations are in an uproar, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us, and God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He begins the Lord's speech to the end of the earth. He breaks the top and shatters the spirit. He burns the shields of fire. Be still, and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord is our 
scripture. Colossians 1, 11 to 20. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power, and may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image in the, of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers. All things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in all things, and all things all together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he may come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace to the blood of his cross. This is the word of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. And now for our next hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy. Thank you. 
and also likely near major roads or highways. The Romans used crucifixion as a very public and common way to punish criminals and as a way to remind conquered peoples who was in charge. There are records of mass crucifixions where Rome simultaneously crucified thousands of people alongside public roads, not only to torture people who had fought against Roman rule, but also to control those who survived through fear. Crucifixion was a brutally painful way to die. It took time to kill the condemned. Ultimately, the way that it killed you was by suffocation. According to all four Gospel writers, hanging above Jesus on the cross were the words, the King of the Jews. Even though the purpose of this inscription was meant as an insult, ironically, it was true. Now, I want to take some time to focus our attention on the words of Jesus in two places in this story. First, Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Second, in response to one of the these, Jesus says, Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. When someone is dying, their words carry tremendous weight. As a chaplain who has sat at the bedside with some of our neighbors and friends nearing death, I recognize that that space is holy ground. It's sacred. It's profoundly humbling to hear the words of someone who is either preparing to pass or who knows their time is near. In his final moments, Jesus prays for those who persecute him. He prays for the very people who are killing him, the very people who hate him, who are afraid of him, and who don't believe he is the king he says he is. But Jesus is just as much a king here hanging on the cross as he will be later rising from the dead. He's just as much a king here in his death as he was in performing the miracles he did. He's just as much a king here in his final bleeding, suffocating breaths as he will be when he ascends to heaven later on, revealing himself to his followers. Jesus is still king even here. And it's in this portion of his life, his death on the cross, that has some of the most profound things to teach us about what kind of a king Jesus is. While hanging on this cross between two criminals, we get a picture of contrast. One criminal joins the crowd. He mocks Jesus from his own cross in pain and agony. The other one chides the first and tells him to be quiet, for he recognizes they are being punished for crimes they did commit. But he recognizes Jesus as being punished for love, grace, and service to the poor. Things that should not be crimes. But actions which challenge the leaders of Rome, as well as the Jewish religious leaders. Jesus was treated as a threat, and he was executed. The second criminal says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replies, truly today I tell you, you will be with me in paradise. So take a moment and reflect with me on the power of what we're witnessing. The second criminal is dying. He's being suffocated as well. 
and he's being punished for his crimes. And yet even there, in the place of tremendous pain and suffering and shame, this man recognizes the regal character of Jesus. Somehow this man knows some way he's being executed alongside a king who's about to enter into his kingdom. I wonder, I wonder if it was Jesus' words of forgiveness that he prayed just a few moments before this. I wonder if that was what struck the second criminal in the heart. I wonder if he heard Jesus' prayer of forgiveness and heard the deeply intimate connection that Jesus had with God the Father, and he saw it as a sign. He saw it and believed, this guy really is it. Maybe he is the king. Whatever it is that he noticed, the second man recognized the truth. However it worked out, he recognized the truth that Jesus is a king. He recognized that even death wasn't going to be the end for this rabbi on the cross next to him. He declares that in his belief, in his statement. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. It's a statement of faith. He believes that even in death, this king is going to reign. He says, don't forget me. Forgive me too. Can I have a place in your kingdom? And Jesus' reply almost brings me to tears every time I read it. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Paradise. That word comes from an ancient Babylonian word meaning park or garden. A place of beauty and life. Christ is king, and not just any king, he is the king of all kings. Jesus Christ is a king unlike any other king. He doesn't seek power, he gives it. He doesn't dominate, he liberates. He doesn't harm, he creates and transforms. He delivers and saves. When we celebrate this Sunday, Christ the King Sunday, we're reminded of the character of the king we follow. We're reminded that if Jesus is a king, and we seek to be members of his kingdom, it requires more than lip service. If we call Christ our king, then we're called to follow the king. Follow the king. That will mean our lives look like his. We seek to love all people, and all means all. All people. We practice forgiveness and grace, like he did. We care for people with compassion and work hard to facilitate peace. We seek to hear God's voice like Jesus did. We follow it into service and blessing of people as Jesus did. The calling to follow Jesus is actually quite simple. People tend to overcomplicate it, but it really just boils down to love God, love others, and love yourself. That's the great commandment. We could save ourselves a tremendous amount of heartache and frustration if we asked ourselves regularly whether our actions and words align with that commandment or not. Is what we're about to do going to be loving toward God, toward others, and toward ourselves? If not, probably shouldn't do it. So where do we go from here? Well, I have a few potential invitations for all of us to consider today. The first invitation is to set aside some time this week to reflect on the truth that Christ is King. 
It could be as simple as five minutes every day this week where you sit with God in prayer and ask God to reveal places in your life where you're holding on to something that maybe you need to relinquish. There are places where all of us want to be the king or queen of our life. We don't want Jesus as our king. And so we need to recognize those places, and sometimes we're blind to them, and we need God to reveal them to us. And we say, okay, I recognize Christ is my king. What does that look like for this particular thing in my life? The second invitation is to set an intention to do one act of kindness every day. Begin the day with prayer. Ask God to keep your eyes open to the opportunities and places in your day where you will be able to be that agent of love and kindness. Just as Jesus on the cross offered a prayer of forgiveness for the very people who were executing him. All of our day is an opportunity to exercise love and kindness and grace to others. So it could be as simple as saying at the beginning of every day, Lord, show me where my opportunities are to align my activity, my behavior, my words with your kingdom. Third invitation is to set aside some time to reflect on this text. Particularly, I want to invite you to reflect on the character of the second criminal. Set aside time each day to pray his words as a prayer for you. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now, I want to be clear, you don't need to do all three of my invitations. I'm not going to check in on you and make sure you're doing your homework. That's not how a sermon application works. My job is to wrestle with the text and present us with potential next steps. And I hope you hear in my heart that when I do this, I'm regularly forced to do the same. I already know which of the three I'm feeling God is leading me to this week. My hope and prayer for all of us is that we would know, know deeply in our hearts and in our souls, the love of God for us. Jesus, who died on the cross, who we read about in this story, he did so for you, for me, for the world. It was his ultimate expression of love, forgiveness, and grace. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. There's a reason we taught that to children in Sunday school, and why the words are so easy to remember even now, in old age, because that's the heart of our faith. That's the bedrock of our faith. You and I are God's children. There's nothing but eternal, immeasurable, infinite, divine love pouring over us every minute of every day. We are loved by our King. Our King loved us so much He died on our behalf. And He invites us to give His love away to everyone we encounter. Amen? Let's continue our service with our next hymn, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name.
O God of our salvation, we crown you as our sovereign, O Christ, as you crown the ear with mercy and kindness in the giving of yourself for the sake of the world. May our lives expressed in these offerings truly proclaim what our hearts have believed, that you are our Lord, who will reign forever and ever. As we come to the moment of prayers for the congregation, uh, and I do this each week, I recognize that as we gather, sometimes we bring our own burdens, our own frustrations, challenges, hardships, and sometimes we come being mindful and weary of the challenges that friends and loved ones are facing. Maybe we have deep concerns for them. And also, global issues, many of which weigh heavy on our hearts and minds. So this morning, if that's you, if you carry something that you'd like us to pray for in a time of prayer for our congregation, I invite you to indicate that by raising your hand. Let us pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that every time we pray, you hear our prayers. Today, as we gather in worship, as we sing about crowning you our King and recognizing what kind of King you are, we thank you that you are a King who is near, not a King who is far. You're not aloof or above or beyond. You are present with each and every one of us. And in the midst of the things that are recognized by our hands, whether they be needs or challenges we are going through, whether they be uh, something that we're concerned for, for a loved one, a neighbor, a friend, or family member, or maybe, Lord, we come just bearing the stress of the weight of all the big things happening in our world. Whatever that may be, Lord, we lift these prayer requests to you. We place them in your hands. We entrust them to the care of our King. And we thank you that you are a good king, that you love us dearly, so much so that you went to the cross to set us free from sin, death, and evil. That is good news. And so, Lord, we pray these prayers, we entrust them to you, and we ask that you bless us with faith to trust you with all the situations represented by our raised hands. We trust you, Lord, we trust you as our king, and we thank you for hearing our prayers today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And praying together the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And now for our final hymn, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less. Then Jesus' blood and righteousness, 